You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Returning to work after having children can be a tricky and vulnerable time for women, particularly if you don't work somewhere with strong maternity leave policies. You can feel torn between your new life and your new baby and your old life with all its professional accomplishments and fulfilment. If you have had time off, you could also suffer from feelings of inadequacy. Natasha Stewart faced all these things when she returned to work after her first baby. Only what started out as uncomfortable quickly got worse. It starts badly, but gets much better, I promise. Hi, Natasha. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, when you went back to work after your first child, you weren't returning to the same place of work, Correct. were you? Yeah. What was it like going to a new job after you've had your baby? It was really daunting. Um, All of a sudden, I had a whole new sort of world to think about and ponder and trying to merge that with daycare. And also not only just getting around the fact of managing daycare, but understanding what that entailed. So kids generally tend to become germ hotels when (laughs) when they start daycare. And I had to navigate how I was going to do that because all of the responsibility for some reason fell on me. If my daughter was sick, it was me that had to take time off as opposed to my husband. Um, So it was definitely an interesting experience. And were you going into back to an industry that you previously worked in? No, this was actually a new industry. Um, I really wanted to buy an investment property. So my mind just said, I'll just get a job in real estate and learn the ropes. (laughs) Um, and, And yeah. So let's fast forward a bit. So you've gotten over that hump. You've got your baby into childcare. You're at work. Did you enjoy the work itself? Um, It was okay. I I liked it to start with, but once I sort of started to understand the office culture and realized that it wasn't a place that I really liked besides the work, um, I didn't really love it that much in the end. Were there other mothers in this? No. No, no. you were the only mother. Yeah. Yep. There were older mothers that had their children um, that were teenagers, but I was the only mother that had a child probably under 15. And did they know when they hired you that you had a baby? No, they didn't because I'd actually had a real problem trying to get work and enter the workforce because I was just this first time mom and you're in this bubble and you think everyone loves your kid just as much as you do. (laughs) And then (laughs) I just unwittingly went into these interviews saying that I'd just been on maternity leave and I just had a baby and I just kept on getting knocked back after knocked back. And um, it occurred to me one day when when a recruitment agency referred to me as the one with the baby, um, I overheard them talking about that maybe this had something to do with it. So this job, I actually took my wedding ring off and didn't mention that I had a baby. And coincidence or not, I got the job. But Wow, that is so interesting. Yeah. Because of course, it is illegal not to hire yeah. someone, but yeah. you'll never know. No, no. And I remember even one recruitment agency when I was filling out the paperwork asked if I had kids. And I was thinking to myself, I don't even think they're allowed to ask if I have kids. Like, why do they want to know? So I definitely did feel some discrimination um, and it wasn't the easiest journey for me back into work. So when you were there, the fact that no one had a young baby, how did that kind of um, materialise in a practical sense when you were at work? So you mentioned that you had to be the one that picked her up if she yep. was sick. What yep. were those situations like? Um, just icy 
just really uncomfortable because I would have the daycare lady on the phone and then I would be dreading having to raise the conversation. But I didn't like and I didn't know what to do because there weren't other mums in my situation there. I was a first time mum. So it was very daunting and very overwhelming. And I was very worried about the impact that it was having on how they looked and thought about me. So I was really just sort of flying blind. Did you have photos of your baby around? Like, as you, as you mentioned, when you have a baby, yeah. you, you do yeah. think, I mean, really, most people love them, surely. Yeah. Um, you do think that people want to hear about it. Did, yeah. That division between home and work, did you feel like you could bring your family life up at work? Um Particularly if she was little and you weren't sleeping. Yeah, I I learned quickly not to talk about it. So I didn't sort of like have photos out or anything like that. I just learned that it wasn't really the environment where they wanted to hear about it. There was no sort of back and forth or anything like that. It was just sort of a very much get on with the job type place. But yeah, so I, I picked up pretty quickly that it just wasn't a good conversation topic. And did you find that made it in a way, I mean, I know it was a difficult place to work. Was it easier to separate your home and work life or was that a process of realising that no separation can actually exist? If everything was fine, then I could separate. But if she was sick and I was having to pick her up, and I mean, it's not like it was an every day or even an every week thing, but even, you know, two or three times in a few months feels like a lot because we're so used to, well, me anyway, I have a really strong work ethic. I, I would go into work dead rather than take a day off. So it was a big deal for me. So while everything was okay, I could separate. But of course, you know, they're bound to clash at some point when your obligations start to filter in and you can't go to work because you've got to look after your child. So yeah, it was interchangeable. And eventually you were fired from this position. Tell me how that happened. Very unexpectedly. So I hadn't had any warnings or any indication that there was an issue with my job performance. It was just one day um, I got asked to go and meet the, the boss in an office that was actually off-site. And I really walked into it so blindly. I I'd had no idea that it was going to be anything performance related. I thought it was just going to be a change of duties or something like that. But as he started to talk, I just got this feeling that, okay, what's happening here? And I actually, um, I didn't realize at the time, you're not really meant to record um, conversations, but I didn't know that. And I recorded (laughs) the conversation just because I was like, what's going on here? Something's not right. And the conversation just kept on leading into a very evasive, it's not the best fit for you here anymore. It's probably best that you go quietly. And I just kept on repeating, like, I don't understand. Can you just tell me what I've done wrong? And he was basically just like, you don't want to mess with me. And Oh my Lord. Yeah. And just he was very older male dominant you just do what I say and don't question it but because I was just sort of like stunned mullet like I don't understand this what's happening I just kept on asking can you just tell me and he's just kept on saying you don't want to mess with me it's not the right place for you anymore and he he said I'll give you I'll give you two weeks pay to go away and I said and then by that time I'd sort of really picked up the vibe of what he was putting down and I just said well double it and I'll go away and he just said okay and then I got in the car and ugly cried all the way home um and yeah but in hindsight like 
it was the best thing that happened to me in my whole life. <laughs> like, I feel like ringing him up and saying thank you. Oh, well, I like that you ended that story that way because basically what he had done was illegal. Yeah. Did you realize, you, obviously you said you were a stud mullet when yeah. he said it to you. Did you realize it was illegal for him to fire you that way? Uh, I had an idea and over the next few days to a week. I I definitely did. I did look into legal action. And it's not that I was necessarily afraid of legal action. Like it, it was like I was, but that wouldn't have stopped me. But I just in the end decided I just want to move on. Yeah. So that was something that I did ponder for a while. And that was also when I found out that you're not necessarily allowed to record conversations either. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, I did at the time and I just sort of decided, okay, I can't be bothered with this anymore. And I tried to get another job in the same industry and then kept on sort of like just feeling I just had this really strong dread of having to go to an interview and I was just so resistant towards it. And I'd always had side businesses on the side. Um, and that was when I just said to myself, you know what, I'm, I'm going to listen to this situation. And yeah, the rest is history. You have gone on to work with other mums who have started their own business and we'll talk about that. But in that experience where you've dealt with lots and lots of women, do you think that they have similar experiences to you? Was your experience the worst of a bunch or do you think that? No. Right. I've definitely heard worse. Um, I mean, I was only at that business for six months. I've heard of it happening to women um, that have been at those companies for 10 years and much more ingrained than than I was. And I even hear of it outside of my circles as well. I remember a little while ago, we were just at the park and my husband started chatting to this other father and he had this business and he was a boss. And then he was telling us about his admin assistant. And then all of a sudden he started saying, yeah, but she's pregnant. So she's pregnant. And um, so, yeah, I don't know how this is going to work out. It's not going to be good. And implying that, you know, he was going to sort of have to get rid of her. Uh, And I was just like, you don't know who you're talking to right now. Um, So yeah, it's out there a lot. We hear a lot that you can, if you're fired for basically having a child, that that's illegal. How many, have you ever heard of a woman taking that person on Um, legally? I have, but but not situations that I was close to. So more Mm. just through the grapevine. Um, But I have posted this story a lot on social media and I have had some people that basically implied that I should have fought it. Um, And for sure, like I understand that perspective. It is something that, you know, needs to be stood up against, but also every person is different and our our rate at handling situations is also different. So. And plus, you've, if a woman's in that situation, she's already vulnerable because yeah. she's got a young child to look yeah. after and that's why she's in that yeah, situation. Exactly. Okay, so let's get on to the good stuff. After you had your ugly cry on the way home <laughs> and then you decided, okay, I have a side hustle. I'm going to make this my thing. Yeah. You didn't just stop there though, did you? No. What was your side hustle and what happened with that? So my side hustle was um, an organic cotton baby clothes business. So I manufactured and produced organic cotton onesies and wraps. And that was an idea that stemmed from having my daughter. And that was just basically on the side. So I just decided to myself, I'm going to take that 
I'm going to work on that more at that stage. But I also fell back on my expertise and experience, which was in web and graphic design as well. So I started freelancing, um, doing design work, and then ended up within about a year or two out earning my old salary with my own sort of business. Um, and then my son came along and he really threw a spanner in the works. <laughs> um, and then about two years later, I started Business Jump, which is what I'm still in now. Okay, and during that process as well, after your son was born, when you yeah. say he threw a spanner in the yeah. works, um, it was quite specific. You, yeah. you got postnatal depression, yeah. is that right? Yeah. So at the time when you had your son, you uh, were freelancing, you had your side hustle, yeah. you had a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And then you would be experiencing postnatal depression. Did you understand that that's what was happening to you at no, the time? No, not at all. And it wasn't until um, I took my son for his immunizations at six months and the nurse, I think she just must have looked at me and I had my feral hair and my <laughs> garbage t-shirt that was like my husband. Like, I think I just look like garbage, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, and I think she just took one look at me and she started asking questions about his sleep and because he wasn't sleeping he was he's the most beautiful seven-year-old boy but as a baby he was tough work and just always unsettled and always unhappy and it was a very classical presentation of PND just in terms of sleep deprivation and overwhelm and a husband that worked 24-7 and she just looked at me and very kindly said would you like to see the GP and I, in that moment, I just sort of finally gave up fighting it. Like maybe subconsciously I did know or I knew something wasn't right or I was just so beaten down. But yeah, in that moment, um, I just said, okay. And then I saw the GP and she did the Edinburgh scale of depression test and I rated extremely highly. And um, so... What do you do in that situation when you're juggling so much? So you, you have two children, two yep. small children and several business things going yep. on. Yep. What did you do? I had to stop. And now that my twins are seven months, I've been through something similar. So I have two situations now to, to compare. And each time, and especially backed up by my most recent time, which I'm still recovering from, I've realized that um, I'm so grateful and so blessed that I was in a position to be able to stop or at least minimize a lot. I know that not everyone is privy to being able to stop because life and mortgages and everything like that and if these situations had have happened to me at other times in my life I wouldn't have been able to stop but it was just by luck that in my first um, time with my son I was able to really minimize those businesses and scale them right down and I scaled up my self-care um, and it was a few months of doing that and yeah eventually I managed to sort of come back out of it but just with the way that depression works if you have to keep on going at the same pace, it's, it's it just makes your job so much harder to, to recover from because of the way that it works. And you need things like sleep and rest yeah. to yeah. get better, which is even without working, probably highly unlikely yeah. with seven-month-old twins. Yeah. Um, so after your son and that diagnosis and you stopped everything, yeah. 
What next? What happened next? I slowly started to come back to myself. So that time was really actually about going to the gym. After I was diagnosed, my doctor put me on medication, which was very confronting to me at the time. As I said, it was a very classical sort of PND response where I felt like a failure. And I had to really get my head around that. So I also went to the gym and I would say that for me, exercise was just as instrumental, if not even more than medication. So that time was really just about going to the gym. The The main reason why I went to the gym is because I found out that they had a creche. And I could put my kids in there <laughs> yes. for $3.50 for an hour and a half. And for the first week or so, I just went and sat in the toilets and cried. Like <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so, oh. um, so that was my, that was actually what triggered me to the idea of the gym was that but then I walked past this um, body combat class and I saw them all just kicking and punching and I just thought I feel like punching and kicking stuff as well so the way that I remember that time was I literally just went into that class and kicked the stuff out of um, P&D and yeah so then I started to slowly come back to myself and that was when I really thought to myself well, you know what, like I've been fired and that was a massive learning curve in that I don't want to have a nine to five job anymore and I want to do things different and I want that freedom of a business. But these businesses have also burned me out and now I know how important my sleep is. So I'm going to have to change something here. And I changed my business model and learned a lot of ways to do things differently that didn't cut into my sleep time and that was yeah so business jump was what next after that so explain to me how business jump works so you worked out a model that would help you as a mum yeah you just took that and and gave it to other women how does it work yeah so again business jump leverages off my expertise of design and web design and because I have that business experience and that startup experience so it's really just a continuation of that experience that I have and I'm the type of person that I'm very big picture thinker I'm very creative and I was constantly thinking of all of these business ideas that I wanted to do but again trying to still recover from P&D and not take on too much and everything. I knew that obviously it would be insanity to try and take on too many things. So I thought, well, I'll create them and then give them to someone else that would like to start them. And along the way, I had been listening to podcasts like a crazy lady and watching like YouTube stuff and really just learning how to do business differently. And it's not that hard. It's more just about automating things that can be automated. Um, It's about outsourcing things. So I have a team of five and they're incredible and they help me. And that really means that my time just I choose to spend my time on the strategy and the profit producing areas and I'm not having to worry about admin stuff or something like adding a folder to the drive because that's automated. So that's our philosophy in business. It's really just about falling back on those things that can help us. Are your main clientele mums? Is yeah, that how it works? Yeah, everyone is mums. And I just find because I'm a mum, it's just easier to connect with them. A lot of business, especially online business, is obviously about content marketing and creating content and writing posts and social media. And I just find that I can quite authentically write about my situation and what I've been through and why. And then I sort of lead by example. And that's what enables me to connect with other mums. And it's been very successful, hasn't it? Yeah. So you say that the firing was the best thing that happened to you and you wish you could 
call him up and yeah. say, thank you. Yeah. I'm sure he's read about you. <laughs> what are your plans now from here? Do you know what? I actually really don't even have the greatest answer to that because I'm still, so my twins are seven months. So my plan is really actually probably at the moment is just to enjoy that time with them to still keep business sustainable and running because that's a huge part it's not just a job for me it's something that I love but I mean like I can't say oh my plan is to you know dominate the world or go out and (laughs) and another million dollars it's actually really just to enjoy being in a, a, a nice space after a lot of storms and really just soak in my twins because with them being number three and four I know how fast time goes and they're just beautiful content little babies so yeah just sustain business and enjoy my babies oh fabulous natasha thank you so much for speaking with us it was my pleasure thank you for having me that's natasha stewart she's the founder of business jump and we'll pop links to that in the notes of this episode feed play love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me siobhan hunt I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.